Welcome to On the Record with Tiffany. There are heroes throughout San Antonio, men and women that go the extra mile to make lives better. During the next hour, you'll be inspired as we introduce you to these unsung heroes. And now here's your host, Tiffany Jones-Smith. And we're back with another episode of On the Record with Tiffany. And today I have one of my favorite friends, uh, the the uh, CEO, the president and CEO of Legend Productions, and he's actually going to interview me today. This is a different different spin on on the record with Tiffany, not like we usually do it, but. We wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Texas Kidney Foundation and my day job, so I had to take off my, my hat as hostess. So I'm going to turn it over to you, Zach. <laughs> You're a woman of many hats. Um, <laughs> however, so I'm, I'm sure everybody already knows, but you are the CEO of the Texas Kidney Foundation. So give us a little background on Texas Kidney Foundation. What is it? Well, uh, funny that you should ask. <laughs> Texas Kidney Foundation is, um, um, we, we got our start because uh, there was a, a vacuum uh, left when a, a national organization left our area. But unfortunately, they didn't take kidney disease with them. So uh, there was a need for early identification of kidney disease. So I... Uh, a few doctors got together and uh, um, other medical professionals uh, and they decided, hey, we, we still need to service this community and we need to identify the disease early, as quickly as possible. And we need to educate people about it. Um, so they started the Texas Kidney Foundation back in 2011. So since the Kidney Foundation started in 2011, what what big changes have y'all been involved in? Or, or has there been any big changes? Oh, there have been a, a lot of big changes to uh, kidney disease. Well, one of the first things that we did was we started early detection screenings, but we did it in a different way. Historically, those screenings have been done uh, on site with... Uh, uh, practices or or um, medical professionals, and we continued with that practice. But we we found a technology by a company called Nova Biomedical, where we uh, a point of care creatinine meter, where we could go any place and actually stage kidney disease through a uh, new technology that uh, was portable. And is portable, so that that gave us uh, legs and wheels, so we could go all around the state of Texas and screen, which which in turn ter- uh, cost Texas Kidney Foundation to become the largest screener in the state of Texas, uh, bar none. We were actually uh, screening more more patients uh, in the state of Texas than all of the other kidney foundations, including the national presence, uh, combined. So when you say that y'all received a technology from Nova Biomedical, that allowed y'all to, to screen anywhere? Yes. So, so people don't actually have to go into a lab. You're actually able to go to them, correct? You're, That's right. Can you go to events? Right. Or? We were, we went to events. We went to uh, churches. We go to um, uh, community centers. Uh, runs, walks, any any event, we actually can can attend and do screenings. Now that's changed since uh, COVID nineteen. We actually adapted the process, and now we have uh, several other ways that we can screen. Um, but Texas Kidney Foundation is always uh, at the forefront of of early detection screening. It's it's what we do. We don't do everything. We Everything uh, as a jack of all trades, we do uh, four things and we do them well. Now, that that's one thing that, or the first thing that pops up in my in my mind is when you say you do 
you're the largest screener and you're screening or in Texas, excuse me, and your screenings are in person. It's amazing that you're able to to screen people in person without having to send them to a lab. However, COVID has pretty much changed the whole world. So what have y'all done to adapt to that or or have y'all adapted to that already? Meaning, how are you able to still do in-person screenings with COVID? Well, we're doing different types of screening. So our in-person screening, uh, what's allowed us to adapt to that is a wonderful health health system that we uh, had built called YCs. YCs uh, Health uh, built a system for us that allows us to do our registration and intake um, through tele telemedicine. And so a portion of what we normally would have done uh, in person, we now can do uh, in a pre-registration form. And then our the in-person portion, uh, which used to take 20 minutes, is now cut down to uh, 7 to 10 minutes. And that allows us to do our finger prick, and uh, maintain social distancing and keep both our, our practitioners safe and the uh, patients safe that we're, we're screening. So it's, that adaptation to the in-person has uh, been a game changer for us because of YCs. That's incredible. So now because we're, we're speaking about vaccines, well, I guess the whole world is... is having conversations about vaccines. The, the, the first vaccines are about to be shipped to Texas, I believe, or, yes. or in the very near future. Yes. Do you have concerns about them? Do you think they'll be safe, effective? What, what are your thoughts? You know, at first when uh, we were all hearing about vaccines, just considering the, the length of time that, that it's taken in the past to make vaccines, it's uh, something like a three to five year period to, to really create a, 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 a vaccine. And, it, you know, everyone was skeptical, uh, myself included, of like, what, what is this going to be? But uh, the facts are is that, that the vaccine that we have that's coming our way. It's created using technology that's been around for a while. And so these uh, new vaccines that are coming out. Now, I'm not a doctor, so the person to that I would go and listen to, if you want to hear the <laughs> best explanation of the vaccines and how the vaccines work is, is uh, the president and CEO of Baylor College of Medicine, Dr. Paul Klopman. I mean, Dr. Klopman is, is uh, brilliant. He breaks down uh, why uh, the vaccines are important, why they are safe, uh, 94 to 95% safe, uh, at 94 to 95% accurate uh, and why um, our population needs to take it because we we uh, we are the vaccine is is our our best hope in regards to uh, COVID-19 it is a, a wonderful uh, solution for this problem so don't quote me on the exact number I heard this morning somewhere that they took a poll and it was 30, 33%, somewhere in there of the population that they asked said that they would not be taking the vaccine. So will you be taking the vaccine when it's available? Yes, I will be taking the vaccine when it's available. And, I, you know, it, it always makes me sad to hear hear that about people not wanting to take the vaccine because uh you know, my my thoughts are is that a lot of that is because of misinformation. I mean, we've all been inundated with with uh, false narratives about the vaccines and about what you know, even whether or not COVID nineteen is is real, and that you know that's been the travesty of 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 the pandemic is that it's been so. Um, it's been so widely misinformed. The, the public has been so widely mis- misinformed. 
So it, it's it's funny you say misinformed. It, it's almost as if in, in today's modern world, the the information that's coming out of your mouth or that's being discussed, it's almost as if that determines the political side or the political party you're involved with. And it's almost as if COVID discussion is the new political conversation that it that they're somehow tied together. So it's what are your thoughts on that? Do you do you think that there there are too many po- political views that are crossing the boundaries with with the the information that should be translated about the health and safety of vaccines and COVID? Uh, I think that there should be no political view um, at all associated with health and science. We should be following the science. Politics should should not enter into this discussion at all. We're talking about a disease that is is uh, affecting our population, uh, black and brown people, in in uh, large numbers, and that is not a political statement. That is a scientific fact. And we should be following the people who understand what should be done for COVID-19. And that would be the scientists and uh, the doctors, not not laymen and not individuals who have nothing to do with with the actual uh, efficacy of the vaccine or figuring out what we should be doing uh, in in terms of a plan for the nation and uh and our healthcare system. And we're in a few minutes, we're going to come back and listen and talk a little bit more about some of what's happening in our healthcare system. And Zach is going to uh, um, talk with us about some of what Texas Kidney Foundation and our in-stage renal disease network, what is everybody doing in Texas to prepare and to take care of, of Texans? Remember, these conversations are hard, but they are important. And it's important that we put accurate information out for the people that we, we serve. Your lives depend on it. So come back and listen to our next segment. You've been listening to On the Record with Tiffany. Hi, I'm Tiffany, host of On the Record with Tiffany. I'm a mom, businesswoman, and healthcare advocate. We provide a space where we discuss business and healthcare transformations and the heroes that fuel both. I'm inviting you to listen in on the conversations with me and my guests that will occur every Thursday night at 8 p.m. on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. And we're back with On the Record with Tiffany. And today I am I am the one on on exhibit here that's getting getting uh, questioned by by Zach, uh, one of my favorite favorite people. So it's not a hard it's not a hard interview. <laughs> so one more question from where we left off. So typically kidney disease affects the underserved population, correct? Right. So I would almost think that it would be more important now than ever. You brought up the topic of uh, of the black and brown population being heavily affected by COVID. And, and so speaking with kidney disease on the uh, affecting the underserved population, it seems like it would be more important now than ever to take advantage of a free kidney screening to, to understand where your health is at. And if you are part of the more uh, the, the population that's affected by COVID in a greater way. Well, uh, kidney disease, uh, along with COVID, they both uh, affect, you know, they don't know any boundaries, but they have a higher, higher, um, uh, we're seeing higher disparities with, with uh, black and brown people. 
part of the problem is uh, COVID-19 is acting as an AKI, an acute kidney injury. So what that means is that a study that just came out said that 46 percent of the people, it was done by the uh, Veterans Administration, uh, done in the Veterans Administration hospitals, and uh, it says 46 percent of the people who are being admitted into the hospital are leaving, admitted into the hospital with COVID-19, are leaving the hospital with some stage of kidney disease. Of that 46%, over 70% of them had no signs of kidney disease prior to being, uh, to uh, coming down with COVID-19. So uh, we know that the two hand in hand, we're going to see an uptick in kidney disease patients, period, due to COVID-19. So that, you know, the combination of the two, it, it it makes it uh, extremely important to identify whether or not uh, you you are susceptible to chronic kidney disease, and it makes it that much more important to uh, uh, screen for chronic kidney disease if you have been diagnosed with COVID nineteen. If once you're in recovery from COVID nineteen, your kidneys should should become one of your top priorities uh, to make sure that that uh, your kidneys are in good uh, health because with kidney disease, you do not feel bad. So you can literally have uh, diminished kidney capacity and feel exactly like you normally do. You will only know what your kidney function is by having your kidneys tested, and that is what Texas Kidney Foundation's primary function is. So earlier before the break, you mentioned the ESRD network. What is the ESRD network and what are they doing? That is the end-stage renal disease network. So the state, the uh, United States is divided up into 18 uh, uh, networks and Texas is network 14. <clears throat> the end-stage renal disease network, they really gather the majority of the data about kidney disease, and they manage and educate uh, renal professionals. So that uh, organization is essential to uh, transplantation, to every, every uh, stage of, of uh, kidney disease. They, they have a hand in, in uh, keeping up with what's, what's happening with kidney patients. Uh, so, so it's a, a pretty important group, and they do a great job of of uh, caring about and managing the care of uh, kidney patients, and making sure that that uh, the rules regarding managing our our patients are are uh, enforced. You know, the the thing that I love about the ESRD network is that that um, the quality of care. The reason why we see such a high quality of care in the state of Texas is because of the ESRD network's vigilance in regards to uh, making sure that patients are cared for and that that uh, pra practitioners are keeping up their their uh, uh, educational um, CEUs, etc., and learning the best techniques for what to do with patients. Now you said network four or Texas falls inside of network 14, correct? Yes, we are. Ne yes. Network 14 is, is the state of Texas uh, that we are so there in jurisdiction. Mm -hmm. So does Texas Kidney Foundation have a relationship with network 14 or, or, or do y'all work with network 14? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. That's one of the first uh, relationships that we we um, began to to form because uh, Network 14 is so integral to every kidney patient uh, in in the state. So yes, 
we work with them and, and we'll continue to work with them in terms of raising awareness uh, for kidney patients. In fact, they're helping us uh, with our new campaign as we target um, the family members of those who are on dialysis. We know that that group has a high um, um, possibility of, of becoming the, the next generation of kidney patients. So we want to identify kidney disease early in that population so we can uh, mitigate the, the uh, possibility of, the, of those family members ending up in end-stage renal disease. Now, with the COVID numbers continuously increasing or rising, what, I mean, does that, does that worry you? Should kidney patients be worried? What's, what, what does that mean for the kidney population? Oh, I'm, I'm definitely concerned about the COVID numbers rising. The first person in the United States, I, I'm not sure if, if uh, our, our listeners are aware of this, but the first person in the United States to succumb to COVID-19 was a dialysis patient in Washington. Um, yes, I'm very concerned about kidney patients because they are vulnerable to COVID-19. Uh, so as we see the numbers rise, it's essential that, that uh, our dialysis patients um, wash their hands, follow all the protocol, and that their family members follow social distancing, wash their hands, avoid large crowds, and uh, avoid uh, physical interaction, if, if you can, with, with uh, people who, are, that, who are, have been in a lot of different places are in large crowds because they are, our kidney patients are extremely vulnerable. We're talking about people who are immunocompromised. And so this is this disease uh, can be devastating to to anyone who is immunocompromised. So, I, I guess m moving on, you, you are part of the Texas Kidney Task Force, correct? Yes, yes, I'm one and, of the appointees for that. And that's a pretty big honor i mean that's a very big honor the the individuals that are on the task the texas kidney task force there there are some big names on that board yes i'm i'm very blessed to be uh working with with the infamous and fabulous dr sigaroa who is our <laughs> dr francisco sigaroa who is the chair of the the uh chronic kidney disease task force uh, you know, to to be in the same room with him, and uh, to just listen to his his wisdom in regards to kidney disease, is is always an honor. But to get to shape what the state of Texas is going to do in terms of a game plan for kidney disease, uh, one that is. Uh, fiscally responsible, but at the same time, maintaining the quality of life for, for kidney patients. That is, is truly an honor. And, you know, Osama Gaber, Dr. Osama Gaber, and Dr. Uh, Gibney, and Dr. Sharma, and uh, Dr. Leslie Weisberg, like, to be in the same room with all of these folks or on the same Zoom call because we're not in the same room any, anymore. <laughs> but <laughs> but it, it's a it's an honor to to uh, be there and to to get to share with them. They are so engaged in making sure that patients are taken care of and that every aspect of of uh, of the patient experience is is a good one. And I would say that the person that is is uh, the the unsung hero that is really 
pushed all of this is uh, Rita Littlefield. Like she's kind of energized all of us because she's been uh, been pounding the pavement for uh, kidney patients for the last thirty years. So uh, us having the the opportunity to to walk out some of the the things that Rita's been been wanting for kidney patients is uh, is that's a real honor to get get to do that with this group. So. Um, we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about the Kidney Task Force uh, with with uh, my wonderful host, um, guest host, <laughs> Zach Seibert, uh, the uh, president and CEO of Legend Productions. Uh, if you hadn't checked out Legend, then you need to. And, um, and we will be back. And you're listening to On the Record with Tiffany. And let's talk a little bit more about Uh, Texas Kidney Foundation, my day job, and what's going on with us. And we're back with On the Record with Tiffany, and uh, I'm the the, uh, test subject today. as we talk about uh, what's going on with the task force, Texas Kidney Foundation, I think when we last left off, we were talking about uh, the chronic kidney disease task force. Yes, yes, we were. So in regards to the Texas Kidney Task Force, what are the main objectives? What are y'all trying to accomplish? Or why was the Texas Kidney Task Force brought together? Well, it was uh, created because uh, um, Rita Littlefield, uh, this mom uh, who of a of uh, a kidney patient, uh, Jackie, her daughter Jackie died from kidney disease thirty years ago, and uh, instead of succumbing to the pain of of losing a child like that, uh, Rita decided nobody should have to go through this and let me see what I can do to change this and she told Jackie before Jackie died that her 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 goal was that she would not leave this earth before she made a difference for kidney patients and made a difference for uh, other families like her so that other moms and dads and kids didn't have to go through this and uh, she literally has spent the last 30 years uh, bringing that to fruition. So the task force came about because she uh, hunkered down and wrote some legislation. I mean, Rita's a persuasive lady. So she <laughs> got, to, got together with some legislators and, and, uh, and actually wrote the bill that... Uh, Passed the House and the Senate uh, that that created the task force. She did that uh, uh, ten years ago, and um, that's how how the task force came about in its first iteration. So when the task force went when that task force went away, she wrote another bill um, during this last uh, uh, legislative session. And uh, we all supported it, pushed it through. Um, but, you know, Rita was the driving force behind this bill. Uh, and she got it passed, all A's, no nays. Uh, well, I think maybe one or two nays, but not nothing, <laughs> not anything big, you know, um, in the House and the Senate. And uh, that's how the how the task force came about again. <clears throat> so, in, in in most cases, would you say that that you can prevent kidney disease, or, or you can prevent the onset, or or is there anything you can do to prevent it? According to the Medical Education Institute, in eighty percent of the cases of kidney disease can be slowed down 
or prevented. Um, now, they don't have to go to end-stage renal disease, which is what we're seeing now. Um, so kidney disease can definitely be managed. Um, you know, I always say, like, one of the reasons why I'm not in the same boat as the rest of my family is that uh, 10 years ago, I lost 187 pounds. Um, I used to weigh 340 pounds. That change in, in health and, and beginning to, to make, um, and I kept it off, beginning to, to uh, change what I ate and just completely, uh, you know, I, I don't even, I, I eat and drink completely differently. I don't drink my calories anymore. Um, changes like that, behavioral changes, can are an important part of of the preventative uh, world. And right now, we think you know a lot of a lot of Americans look for a pill or a a fix. You know, we're we're always pushing some sort of fix to to people, but the reality is is that that uh, patient empowerment, an individual making uh, choices and understanding what good choices are available that they can make is uh, probably one of the most important things uh, that, that you can have is, is the power of taking your own, own health by storm. Now, staying on that, on that same subject, the the cost of having in stage renal disease is is expensive correct yes uh $88,000 a year that's what medicaid and medicare uh spend on on uh in stage renal disease and and to put that into perspective there are 54,000 people in the state of Texas with in stage renal disease uh so an average of $88,000 a year for 54,000 people is is somewhere in the neighborhood of 4 billion 800 million. You said 4 billion with a B? Yes, 4 billion. And so you said 54,000 people you, you said with ESRD or on dialysis. I missed that. That's what uh yes, there're 54,000 people on dialysis in the state of Texas. Mhm. And so if there's if there's 54,000 people on dialysis in Texas, that's not including the people that don't know that they have it, correct? That's not including the people that don't know that they have uh, some form of kidney disease. So you could have some you could have stages one through four or one through three B. And uh, those numbers are not included in the 54,000. So now the CKD population in in uh, the United States, the their numbers, uh, the cost to the to the U.S. is three times what it is uh, for the uh, ESRD population. So uh, think about that. Like, the, if if that's the case with uh, the CKD population in the state of Texas, if we were to to uh, you know. Uh, multiply those numbers out uh, using that same same ratio, then you're talking about another uh, twelve billion dollars for CKD patients. Is is there an estimate of the amount of people that have it in Texas and don't know that they have it? Or do uh, we the just estimated have number, the estimated number of people in Texas that don't know that they have it is is uh, between four point seven million and four point nine million. That's a so lot of people. It's one number. in three. However, you said that that there are ways to slow down the progression. Correct. Yes. Yes, and, and uh, a lot of that is uh, behavior-related. 
Um, there are some medications that can slow slow the progression of, of CKD, but your best your best way to slow down uh, CKD is early detection. The sooner you find out whether or not you have it, the better. Uh, and then uh, lifestyle changes. You know that's why we put so much emphasis on on. Uh, one of our other community partners, Texas Kidney Foundation, is very, very big on collaboration and and uh, utilizing collaboration to make resources go as far as they possibly can. So one of our other uh, uh, partners in the behavioral science area is uh, is It's Time Texas. They have dietitians. They have. Uh, um, programs for uh, walking. They teach you how to, um, uh, what to look for, how to buy, what to, what, what can you do within the footprint of where you are financially? Uh, Because it's easy to tell people, oh, you should eat free range, uh, organic, everything. But uh, it's hard to tell somebody that when that's a decision that they're making between groceries and medicine you know people have to be able to uh, manage where they are right now uh, and and that's something that can be done uh, that that it's time Texas does they they hold your hand through this and help you make the decision that you want to make so so the Texas Kitty Foundation it, it's not as if you're an organization that just gives out free screenings and says, hey, you're healthy, you have some form of kidney disease, good luck, and send them on your on their way. No. Your Texas Kidney Foundation more or less has a, a full spectrum. You'll That's screen, right. you have programs and organizations that you work with to make sure that individuals are educated, uh, educated properly, and and that their family members have support. So so y'all really offer everything. That's right. It's this we're in this for the long haul because chronic kidney disease is just that. It is a chronic illness. It's not going away tomorrow. So if we're going to walk in and tell you that you have something, then we're going to hold your hand through through this process and get you to get you to a place where where uh you have the right professionals working with you, regardless of your socioeconomic status, regardless of your immigration status. Texas Kidney Foundation is here uh, solely and completely to to uh, combat kidney disease and to uh, stop this silent but deadly killer. And you're you're listening to On the Record with Tiffany, and come back, and I, and uh, Zach and I are going to talk a little bit about what got us into this. How did we end up fighting kidney disease? Me with my fabulous shoes, and Zach with his amazing uh, personality <laughs> and his MMA skills. <laughs> How did the two of us end up? Uh, being the ebony and ivory of of uh, kidney disease, <laughs> we'll come back and talk a little bit about that. And you've been listening to All the Record with Tiffany. Oh, I don't know if you can say that. Can you say ebony and ivory? Well, I said it. It wasn't you saying it. So, who can? <laughs> So if somebody has something to say, I guess they'll be sending me an email. <laughs> you can't say that. <laughs> yeah. So I guess on the next part. No we'll, mention of Ebony. I'll, I'll, I'll ask you the, the, the uh, I, we'll talk about you next and then I'll, uh, I'll save the legislation question for the end. Okay. I figure that'd be a good ending note. Okay. Yep. All right. You ready to count us down? And we're back with the last segment of On the Record with Tiffany. And I I made it through. So now we can talk about <laughs> now now we can talk about the the easy part. 
Go ahead, Zach. <laughs> so you you have a I, I don't want to use the word a special tie, but you you have a, a personal connection to the kidney community. Uh, yeah. You mentioned earlier you have family members tied, but ha- how is it that you you have become so involved with with CKD, Texas Kidney Foundation? What what brings you into it full scale? Well, what happened is uh, I've lost nine family members to chronic kidney disease. And uh, I have a, a younger cousin who, uh, he's 32 now, but uh, Daryl, uh, Daryl Jr., he, I, I was visiting with him, and uh, at the time my grandmother was going through, was coming to the end of her life, and, and uh, she was, they were getting her ready to go on dialysis. And I was talking to Daryl, and uh, he and I, my, my aunt and uncle really did all of the heavy lifting with my, my grandmother. They did everything with, with her. Uh, Daryl Jr. and I would just come in, and when my my aunt and uncle and their daughter got tired, you know, and really needed a little break, we'd come in and and uh, stay with my grandmother overnight at at uh, at the hospital. And so, you know, I was coming in to take my shift, and I saw Daryl, you know, and started talking to him. And he had a he was having uh, what he thought were heart palpitations and and uh, he needs to see somebody so I uh, I was like who is your nephrologist well he of course did not have a nephrologist because he is hard-headed and was not listening uh, <laughs> he moved to San Antonio and didn't have a nephrologist and so he uh, I was like well, I'm going with you to the doctor and anyway long story short when I got there I saw a a uh, card for Texas Kidney Foundation on the counter and I was like let's go walk and it was for a walk for Texas Kidney Foundation and I was like let's go walk we'll walk we'll get the whole family together you know and and it's gonna make you feel better and he was like yeah yeah you know so I called the next day because I did not think he did and I was correct he did not so I set up the walk, the team for our family to walk, and uh, that's how I ended up getting involved with TKF. I was volunteering with them, and then uh, they invited me to join the board, and when I joined the board and went to the first board meeting, I was like, I think they probably need some help on the uh, staff side, and uh I started uh, working working for the foundation, and and uh, I've been doing it ever since. And so, when you first came on board with Texas Kidney Foundation, I'm assuming that you did not come on board as the CEO. No, I came on board uh, um, as a volunteer, and what what made me. Uh, take the job as CEO is I knew they couldn't afford uh, the kind of CEO that they were going to need and I knew that I was the kind of CEO they were going to need and uh, I thought well uh, I'm not in in desperate need of money so <laughs> so I can do this for whatever uh, the the foundation can afford to do and I just feel like this is important I felt like it was God's work and that I I needed to do it so that's why now you some of your family members have had some very great news lately haven't they yes you know when this this whole thing started you know the pandemic started we had we lost some family members and and it, it was you know throughout this time we've we've lost, seen family members and friends uh succumb to covid-19 and in the last 4 weeks um my uh, darling Daryl Jr., the one who started all of this with me and Texas Kidney Foundation, he got uh, a kidney transplant. He got the call. And 
got a kidney transplant. And it's like, it's like night and day. He's roaming the streets, you know, <laughs> walking and exercising. Now, he's, <laughs> he lost 167 pounds uh, about a year and a half, two years ago. Like, he's, he, he lost the weight and kept it off and uh, is in really good shape. Uh, so he got a kidney transplant, and then uh, my brother got a kidney transplant a few a few days ago on Friday. He got a, a how, kidney how transplant. He is doing awesome. Oh, it's it's probably one of the happiest uh, moments uh, for for his family, uh, for our friends. You know, for me, uh, but but it's indescribable what he's like. Like he's just—he's always a, a pretty happy-go-lucky person. But uh, you know, I mean, as much as a lawyer can be, <laughs> but he—he—he's <laughs> he, uh, doing really well. Like really, I—I—I uh, I, I just feel like uh, a weight's been lifted. You know, he when I was talking to him, he said that he was like it. It feels like a weight has been lifted off of me. Uh, you know, it, it it's such a blessing for somebody to give the gift of life. I mean, when when people say that, it's like that's not even nearly as descriptive and accurate as it could be. You know, because. It, it is truly the gift of life. Like every, you can look at Darrell and Daryl and see their skin looks different. Like the color in their skin looks different. I mean, they just look alive and, and healthy again. You know, all in a matter of days of getting a, a kidney that, that works and that functions. It, it is when people say this is the gift of life and that we should honor the gift, we definitely, it is the gift of life. We should honor the gift. We shouldn't do ridiculous things that are, are politicized like not paying for, for immunosuppressants for kidney patients. You know, I'm so proud of, of uh, our house uh, the the U.S. House of Representatives for passing uh, that a, a immunosuppressant act, and I will be even prouder once it passes the Senate, because this gift of life should not ever be compromised by something uh, that has been politicized, like paying for prescriptions. Health care should not be a political. Uh, Juggernaut, and it should not be a political sword that somebody is using against one group or another. So, w with you bringing up the political sword and the House and the Senate, with the new administration that's about to come in, what are you wanting, or, or what are you hoping for, or looking for when they uh, when they start the new legislative session? Or are you looking for anything? Uh, oh, I'm I'm like every American. What what I'd like to see is is uh, change and and reform in healthcare. Uh, I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. When you get sick, you just want to be well. It, nobody cares what political group makes the right decision. All we care about is that the right decision is made. Right now, we have a broken health care system. We have a health care system that takes care of people uh, while they're sick. And we need a health care system that, that is designed to make people well. Period. End of story. It doesn't matter if it's uh, Republicans, Democrats, whoever. Uh, they're going to have to come together to make that happen because it's in the best interest for the country. 
there is no country if everybody is sick. And with one in three people at risk for kidney disease, one in three, and they don't know that they have it, the majority of whom don't know that they have it, we've got the same numbers, one in three, at risk for diabetes, and they don't know that they have it, then we have a third of the population that's ill and at risk for chronic illness. And that is a significant uh, problem to the nation and to its economic future. So it should be the main focus. Healthcare should be a number one focus and kidney patients should be a number one focus of the administration, especially in the first 100 days with COVID-19 raging along as it is. Now, I, I hope we have time for one more question. I think we're about sure. close to the time, but let me try to sneak this one in. Still staying on the topic of, of legislation, has Kidney Foundation, Texas Kidney Foundation, or will the Texas Kidney Foundation have any opportunity to, to have any sort of impact with new legislation, or, or is that too far away? Oh, we are going to take every opportunity to have impact with new legislation. Every piece of legislation, including the, the uh, one that I mentioned, Texas Kidney Foundation has been a part of, of, uh, of the coalitions that have gone after the legislation and pushed it forward. And we will continue to be a, a legislative voice and a legislative force throughout the state of Texas as well as throughout the United States. I'm not going away, and neither are we, until, until kidney disease goes away. Then all of the politicians can rest easy. We'll be gone. But the disease has to go away. The solutions have to come. And then uh, Tiff Jones-Smith, the tifter's out, dude, once that's over with. But as long as it's here, I'm here. And so will the, found, the foundation will be here as well. So and, the... the the one last thing I was going to say is if uh, if you want to give the Texas Kidney Foundation a plug as to where we would go to get a free kidney screening, since everybody should be getting one. You need to contact Texas Kidney Foundation at www.txkidney.org. Go to our foundation website. Uh, you can also contact us on uh, Facebook. You can contact us on Twitter. You can contact us uh, by calling us, uh, 210-396-8440, but contact us because uh, your kidneys depend on it, and you can get a free screening. It doesn't cost you anything, and we'll hold your hand through the rest of the process if, if, uh, if, you, if your results come out to be that you have some form of kidney disease. And you've been listening to On the Record with Tiffany. Thank you, Zach, for making this simple and easy for us. And uh, we'll be back next week with more information about what's happening in the world around us and how we can, how we can work together to uh, make things better. And you've been listening to On the Record with Tiffany. Tiffany.